0: What do demons do and what is the curse in the Bible? They are seemingly two separate topics that actually belong together. And we're going to find out how and why and what's going on in this episode of the Biblical Discipleship Podcast, the weekly podcast that helps Christians like you become fruit bearing disciples and see God move in their everyday life. But just before we do that, I need to tell you and give you a reminder. If you want to help keep this podcast up and running, you can support me over at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yeshua Boyton with just $5 per month. In return, I offer you a shout out by name on my podcast, including your social profile and or your website URL. That's totally up to you. And you can also ask me or one of my guests a question every six months that we will answer here in the podcast. And then lastly, for just $5 per month, I also offer you that you get invitations before anyone else to virtual meetups or future in-person meetups. Again, that's buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yeshua Boyton. or you can just click the link in the show notes. Now let's discuss what demons do and what a curse is. Again, this is part two of the series, Can a Christian Have a Demon? If So if you haven't, Listen to the first part yet, then I encourage you just to pause this and go to the first part and listen from the beginning, because these episodes build upon each other. And at the very end, we're going to answer, can a Christian have a demon? But obviously I can answer this question very quickly here in five to ten minutes, super easy. But then you would have all these questions. Yeah, but what if this? And how about the Holy Spirit? And demons together can that even be and uh, a Christian cannot have a curse because Jesus said he became or the Bible says that Jesus became the curse for us and etc etc all these arguments and and valid points you wouldn't know and you wouldn't have answered and you wouldn't just get anywhere so we're going step by step question by question until we get to can a Christian have a demon but what is a demon What do demons do, and what's their function? In Exodus 12, verse 23, we see that in the Exodus process, before Israel leaves, God curses everyone without the blood on their doorposts. And we see then that the destroyer, it actually says the destroyer, then fulfills that job, fulfills this curse or this this negative um, proclamation. And it says here in verse 13, Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see, God says that, when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now when you go over to verse 23, which I kind of told you before, is I read Verse thirteen, now we're going to twenty-three. It says, For the Lord, the Lord God will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the on the lintel and on the two door posts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the what? The destroyer to come into your house to strike you. Who's striking? God? No. The destroyer, the plague. And that's actually a name of a demon right here, the destroyer. Anyways, let's move on to First 1 Samuel 1623. There we see that God is sending an evil spirit upon Saul for Saul's behavior, right? And then in First Kings 22, 23, we see that God releases a lying spirit into the mouths of the prophets to kill Ahab. Now, what's my point? My point is that these spirits, these demonic spirits fulfill a negative proclamation that god did a negative thing a consequence for sin and it was basically then given a legal right for these demons to kill steal and destroy in someone's life or in in a whole nation and these legal rights are basically a curse they are negative proclamations they're a consequence for sin And we see this all the way in the beginning in Genesis three, the first sin happens, and what's what's the consequence? A negative proclamation is made by God. He curses the snake, the man, the woman, the land, etc., etc. Again, Genesis chapter three verses seventeen to nineteen. Now, when we look at the Ten Commandments in Exodus twenty verses one through five and six we can see that these curses actually run into the third and the fourth generation. Here, verse 5. You shall not bow down to them, the, the other gods, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. So we can see that these consequences run not just in one person's life, but also into the third and fourth generation after the sin was committed. To get another example of what curses are, it's basically the opposite of blessings, right? It's a Curses are a negative consequence of sin, as are blessings a positive consequence of obedience. Curses, negative consequence for disobedience. Blessing, positive consequence for obedience. And you can see this in Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28, where God basically lays blessing and curse before Israel. He says, if you obey me, these blessings will come. If you disobey me and you rebel, all these curses come. Okay, that's in both, both these chapters. Leviticus 26, Deuteronomy 28, verse 14. In Leviticus 26, 14. But if you do not obey me, and do not observe all these commandments, and if you despise my statutes, or if your soul abhors my judgments, so that you do not perform all my commandments, but break my covenant, that's what it's about, breaking the covenant, I also will do this to you, colon, and then it's a whole list of curses. I will even appoint terror over you, wasting disease and fever, which shall consume the eyes, and cause sorrow of, of heart, and you shall sow your seed, in it, et etc etc, cetera, et cetera, Okay? My point is, Sin happens, you rebel against God, a negative consequence comes, okay? And that's called a curse. What we also see when you compare this with the few verses that we looked at in the beginning, especially the one in Egypt, it is basically these curses, these consequences are like a legal right for Satan and for demons to to kill, steal, and destroy the life of rebellious people, okay? So, for example, here, you rebel, they break the covenant, and then God says, you even, I will even appoint terror over you, wasting disease and fever, which shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. So, this is the curse, this is the consequence, it's like a label, comes on, and then for rebellion, okay? And then the instruction is to bring terror, to bring wasting disease, fever, That consumes the eyes, okay? So those are like instructions for demons that then just kill, steal, and destroy according to what God said they can do. Now, I know, I know, you already think, well, yes, but that's the Old Testament. You know, after Jesus, we are all washed clean. We're all fine under the blood. We're redeemed. After Jesus, we're all washed clean. I mean, Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become the curse for us. We're free. We're now good, Now, people that say that basically say a Christian cannot have a demon because Paul said in Galatians 3.13 in that one scripture that Jesus became the curse for us. Therefore, I cannot have a curse. I'm not under the curse. I'm I'm under the blood. I'm free now. Well, is that really so? Is that really what the Bible is saying? Is that really what Galatians 3.13 is saying? Can a Christian have a curse? And are there still generational curses even after the cross? In the New Testament. So before we answer that, let me remind you again that you can support us for just five dollars per month over at BuyMeACoffee.com forward slash Yeshua Boyton. And by the way, ten percent of everything you give and support us with goes to a powerful ministry in the Philippines that helps street kids, um, yeah, get them off the streets, feed them, give them clothes, shower, uh, even schooling. So, I give my ties. If you support this ministry, you know where those ties go to. Also, if you want to experience true spiritual breakthrough in any area of your life, I would love to share an exclusive free video with you that reveals the secret to spiritual breakthrough, but you only get access to that if you sign up to our newsletter. Now, obviously, I'm not going to spam you. I'm going to send you more helpful stuff about healing, deliverance, discipleship, evangelism, but you can sign up under yeshuaboyton.com forward slash free minus video. You get that free video and more extra content. Hey, let's stay in touch. Let's sign up and get in touch through email. Now let's go back to the question, can a Christian have a curse and even generational curses after Jesus? I mean, come on, I'm under the blood, right? Well, let's look at Matthew twenty-six fifty-two. Jesus is saying here, all who take the sword will perish by the sword. What is this? This is a, in some way, shape, or form, a negative proclamation. You can say this is a curse. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven through 31, we see that he who eats and drinks without discerning about the communion brings judgment on himself or herself. That's a curse. That's definitely a negative consequence for a sin after Jesus went to the cross, and it's written for Christians. Galatians 1.9 says, If someone preaches a gospel contrary to the one you received, that person shall be accursed. That's couldn't be more clear, right? I mean, that's right there. 1 Corinthians 16.22 If you don't have love for the Lord, be accursed. All those scriptures show that there are curses after the cross and they are directed towards Christians or people that are in faith. And we can also see that these curses come as a consequence for sin. Now people could say, yeah, but you know, these people that do that they are not really saved. And oh, by the way, what about Galatians 3:13, yes? What about Galatians 3:13? Jesus became the curse for me and therefore I cannot have a curse. I cannot I cannot have a demon. I'm I'm clean. Washed by the blood, I am fine. I feel fine. Well, let's let's see. Let's look at Galatians three thirteen. Let's let's look at it, huh? Shall we? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, "Curses everyone who hangs on a tree." That's a strong scripture. That's a very strong scripture. Yeah, but Paul also says in Second Corinthians 5:21, for he, God, made him Jesus. So for God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So we have two scriptures here. The one is saying he became sin for us. The other one is saying he became the curse for us. With the one, with the sin, we come to Jesus and we ask for forgiveness. We repent, and then. We're righteous, we're washed clean because the Bible says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness but that's that's the that's the thing that's the key right there. See the Bible also says that when we come to him, we ask for forgiveness, that he's faithful and just to forgive us, when we repent, when we get baptized, when we like come clean with God, we are now justified we are now son and daughter of god we are now ambassadors of christ we are completely righteous before god god the father says come here my child let's do this thing together and it is it is finished as jesus said it is finished but second part of first john 1 9 is and cleanses us from all unrighteousness he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness as soon as we ask for forgiveness we're clean the consequence of sin becomes unrighteous the thing though is just as jesus became sin we ask for forgiveness we also he also became the curse therefore we also have to come to him and break the curse you can't say well he became sin i still ask for forgiveness and say well he became the curse i'm not breaking my curses what logic is that if you say He became sin, I asked for forgiveness. You also have to say, (laughs) he became the curse and I have to break my curses. Yes, I know it says here he redeemed us from the curse but he also redeemed us from the sin, right? So, which one is it now? Therefore, we still need to break the consequences, the curses of our life. We are forgiven in Jesus but we still must repent, turn and actively ask for forgiveness. We still have to apply his gift of grace to our life. In the same way, we actively have to come to him and break and renounce all negative consequences, the curses of our life. I hope that makes sense. He redeemed us from the curse of the law, but the curses are still there. (laughs) Just as he became sin and redeemed us from all sin, forgives us all sin, sin is still there. Not that it's... Not that we are unrighteous, but sin is still around us. Sin is still in the world. Does that make sense? Therefore, just we're under the blood. We're washed clean. We're, we're loved, accepted. But the curses are still there. So, what do we have to do? After we repent, we bring the unrighteousness before him too and let him wash us from all unrighteousness by breaking the curses. In Jesus' name. Okay, just to summarize. Demons... What do they do? They execute a negative legal right to kill, steal, and destroy in our life because we sinned. We sinned, the negative consequence comes in that God determined, which is like an instruction for demons to kill, steal, and destroy. You steal, the curse comes, consequences that you'll be stolen from. What you sow, you reap. Okay, that's just this this easy principle. This legal right, this consequence is called a curse. But just as we ask for forgiveness, Jesus for forgiveness and repent, we also need to break our curses. Okay, so let's repent. Let's repent of all our sin and stop breaking our curses. Stop breaking the consequences of sin in your life And the consequences that have been handed down in your generation. And don't tell me there is no generational curse. We just read it in the Old Testament that there are. And they are not completely gone just because Jesus went to the cross. Again, they're still there. And you still have to apply the power of the blood and the authority of the cross to your life. Just as you repent, you have to apply this authority now to your life and break those curses. Just observe other people. If it's not in your own life, if it's not in your family's life and family's lineage, then look at other people where alcohol and destruction and anger issues and addiction issues and um, fornication and um, all kinds of things, gambling or whatever, runs in the family lines, just as the grandfather, the father and the son or whatnot. Just, you know the people around you. Just look at them or in your own life, and you will discover generational curses. However, there is good news. We can break them. We can break them in Jesus' name. That's what we're going to do here right now. And then you step out of these sin loops. You step out of these reoccurring habits and reoccurring um, curses, really, in Jesus' name. Actually, let's do that right now. Let's come before the Lord right now. I know you're probably somewhere doing something while you're listening, or... Maybe you're just sitting there with the Bible. Also good. However, if you don't have time, then just stop the podcast right here and come back to it later. We're going to have some prayer time right now. And we're going to bring anything before God that is in your life. You know better. God knows. But I have some things written down here um, that we can just bring before God. And I want to pray for you and bless you with this prayer and bless you and believe that God will move in your life and God will set you free. Holy Father in heaven, we come before you right now, and I thank you right now for your word. I ask you, even now, even more for revelation out of your word. If it needs to cook for a while, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us let it cook. Let it cook, Holy Spirit. Speak to us, reveal your truth through your word to us. If this is the truth, I pray right now that you would confirm it in the listener's life right now. And in Jesus' name, Father, we ask you for forgiveness for any of our sin that we did, that our forefathers did, that are running in our life, in our family, family line. We ask you for forgiveness. We repent. We turn. We bring it all under the blood, especially. We bring under the blood shame and guilt and condemnation and addictions and those stupid habit, sinful habit loops and sin loops that we're in god we ask you for forgiveness for all fear and self-pity and selfishness and all the other stuff that is there lord we ask you for forgiveness and we renounce them we don't want them in our life anymore and in jesus name just as we learned in the last episode i take right now all the armor and all the spoils away from the strong man in Jesus' name. And i bind the strong man right now, all the things that we just named. And they have to go now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for a mighty touch right now on the listener's life. I pray right now for your anointing. I pray right now for a touch. For a touch in Jesus' name. All shame, guilt, condemnation has to go in Jesus' name. Shame, guilt, and condemnation for sin. I'm not good enough. I can't do this, I'm a failure, all those things, they have to go right now. They have to go, oh, I'm not beautiful, you're not beautiful. All these lies I rebuke right now in Jesus' name. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're forgiven. You're righteous. You're clean. You're white as snow. God has given you a new garment, which is white, white as snow. In Jesus' name, I release that deliverance right now. I release God's freedom right now. All these lies are pushed up and out by the power and the authority and the blood of Christ. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for a touch right now. I rebuke shame. I rebuke guilt. Hey, you, listener, just just take a deep breath and let it go. All shame, guilt, and condemnation has to go now in Jesus' name. Self-pity, go. Selfishness, fear, come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. God, I thank you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for a touch, for a mighty touch right now. In Jesus' name, God, I praise you. I glorify you. I exalt you, Jesus. I lift you up. I lift you up. I thank you for breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. I thank you, Lord. I worship you. I worship you, Jesus. I lift you up. God, you're holy. You're worthy. You're glorious. Thank you, Father, for a touch right now. 100% deliverance. 100% freedom. 100% in Jesus' name. 100%. I reverse the curse right now in jesus name reverse the curse back to the sender in jesus name back to the sender in jesus name 50 fold in jesus name you have to receive it shame guilt and condemnation leave my people right now in jesus name i thank you father i thank you for deliverance i thank you for freedom right now thank you jesus thank you holy spirit i praise you lord i lift you up i glorify you jesus thank you lord for freedom for healing Healing of wounds. I feel like God is healing inner wounds right now. He wants to heal inner wounds. I release it right now. I bind any wounded spirit. And it has to leave. It has to leave. Thank you, Father, for deliverance. Thank you for a touch. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for freedom. Ooh, thank you for peace. God is giving you... God is giving someone. God is giving you peace right now. God is giving you peace right now in this very moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where there was chaos in the thoughts, in the emotions, in the emotions, chaos in the emotions has to go now in Jesus' name. And God is giving you peace there right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for peace. Peace that surpasses knowledge. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God, we give you just a couple more seconds, some minutes, so or whatever you want to do. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Here we are. Touch us, Lord. Free us, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Freedom. I declare freedom. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would fill us up. Holy Spirit, fill all delivered areas up. We rededicate every area back to Jesus in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Hey, if you were blessed by this podcast, by the prayer, please let me know. Please go over and rate and review this podcast over at potchaser.com forward slash biblical discipleship. Or send me an email through my email newsletter. Let me know what happened. Let me know how this blessed you. How this podcast blesses you and what's going on. I would really like to hear from you. And I would like to see you in the next episode. We're going to talk about what can be a source of a curse. And how to be released of a curse. What can be sources of curses and how to be released. Well, I'm going to see you in the next episode. And always remember, every day you live to bear much fruit.